Hello, Major League Soccer. Hello, fans of the beautiful game. But more importantly, hello to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners, look, if you are a fan of the black and gold, then you are in the right place. Because you all know that LAFC is the trailblazing MLS Cup raising, always competing, union beating, goal scoring, rip roaring, styling and smiling, black and gold wearing, hate on us because you can't stop swearing, champions of the MLS and CCL finalist. That's the team you support. This is where your heart's at. LAFC is home. We are black and gold. And as far as this pot is concerned, we are Defenders of the Bank. And this is episode 245. I am the very jovial and always celebratory, self-proclaimed czar of your neighborhood bar, the platinum-colored hair flamingo. My name is Christian Philly Philemon. And joining me, all the way down from the South Bay. In Polish, they call him Salik. In Croatian, they call him Sal. In Armenian, they call him Sharf. In German, they call him Shal. In French, they call him Fula. But in Canada, the United Kingdom, Singapore, New Zealand, Australia, Nigeria, Jamaica, Ghana, Aruba, Turks and Caicos, the United States, Los Angeles, and more importantly now, in the city of brotherly love, we all know him as J.R. Liebert. Excuse me. I know him as J.R. Liebert. Y'all know him as the scarf. This is why I love my partner in pod over there in world famous Philomonster Studios, Philly. I always love the entrance. I will say the one I'm very excited about is down in Mexico. I am La Bufanda because that's where we are headed, baby. It doesn't matter if it's Leon or if it's Tigres. We have booked our trip, not we meaning you and I yet. We still have, have to worry about where we're flying or whatever else if we get to do it. But LAFC has booked our trip down to Mexico for one of the two legs of the CONCACAF Champions League final Philly. Oh, what a night at BMO Stadium. What a night indeed. It's Tuesday. Nothing says success quite like late night McDonald's on a Tuesday. (laughs) What a game, nerve wracking as it was within its um, initial minutes. But hey, you know what? To the victor goes the spoils. And in my case, the spoils was a double cheeseburger, six piece (laughs) nuggets, large fries and a Dr. Pepper. Uh, I don't know what your spoils are, but, you know, to quote The Rock. Oh, go ahead. My spoils are a spindrift raspberry lime sparkling water right now. You win the day, my friend. <laughs> no, you know who wins the day? Actually, no. <laughs> the golden rule. You, you see this cute little thing here? You know what this is? What is that? This is an old-fashioned. I win the day. Oh, you, you found canned old-fashions? Oh, I didn't find it. Producer McPandas did. So I'm going <laughs> to pour this tiny, cute little thing in here. This is oh, barely four God. ounces. But anyway, we are winning. Look, we're jovial. You are all going to no doubt hear this tomorrow morning because it's already 1126. And normally I would make some kind of snide comment about like, oh, God, we're staying up late at night. Look, I don't give a hoot. We just bared witness to history. 
We walked the path of history. I'm going to say it now and I'm going to say it at the end of this podcast. If you were at BMO Stadium today, take a moment to reflect on what you witnessed. It wasn't just another LAFC victory. It wasn't just another shebang bang beatdown of the Philadelphia Union. We witnessed history. We did not have the ability to watch LAFC win in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League back in 2020. Why? COVID. We didn't have that ability. We only saw that second leg against Leon, which obviously goes down in history as one of the greatest games in LAFC history. But we got to watch the black and gold go back to the finals for the second time in just a matter of a couple of years, beating the team that gave us so many problems during the regular season, a team that obviously gave us a problem during leg one, a team that took us down to the wire in the MLS Cup final. Like your tweet, my friend, leave no doubt and no doubt about that. We are the best in the West and the best in MLS and the CONCACAF Champions League. Don't you forget One more round. One more round. 180 more minutes to decide it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Look, we'll get into all of that in a little bit. But we just want to say a big thank you to kick off this episode, episode 245. Uh, we are, we have been, and we will continue to be part of the Flex family. We want to say a big, big thank you to everybody again over at Flex. Everybody, everybody involved, Brady and Katie and Joe, and of course, Shane and Taylor, everybody involved, Vince, Rigo. We love you guys. You guys know why we're saying thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, very exciting for Philly and I. Uh, we just the announcement is that we are continuing our partnership with Flex. Uh, not not that there was much of a doubt on on our end, on their end, on I don't know, but but it was nice to to dot some eyes and, and cross some T's and and do all of that good stuff. So a huge thank you again. Head on over to FlexPowerTools.com. Uh, I do want to mention the coolest thing they have is all the way through 2023, everything you buy comes with a lifetime warranty. So please head on over to flexpowertools.com. If you have any questions about flex, flex power tools, whatever else, hit up Defenders of the Bank. We will get you all the info that you need. So a big thank you again, continuing our partnership with the Flex family, flexpowertools.com. Philly, you, my friend, are not enjoying that old fashioned as it looks like on the, on the YouTubes. Uh, however, oh, I'd rather you, drink turpentine. That was awful. That did not look good. You were the one that was spearheading and was 100% behind the ticket giveaway that we had for this CONCACAF Champions League match. Uh, I know we raised a good bit of money. Uh, Why don't you tell uh, uh, the millions? And millions. There we go. Nice little delay. Uh, About the fundraising effort, because we want to remind everybody that the Mo Fascio Futsal Court fundraising effort is still underway. We tried again to do our part. Uh, which which we did by raising a good amount of money. Philly, can you explain uh, what you, you you actually spearheaded the entire thing? So I'm going to just shut up and you talk. Before I do, uh, apparently this is a can of old fashioned quoted the great Walt Whitman, and I'd like to read the quote: Happiness, okay. not in another place, but this place. Not for another hour, but this hour. This little can is 39.5 percent of oh. uh, well, you know, adultness. I tell you what, so. The most popular car in Romania, or at least the most uh, prevalent, is this car called a Dacia. 
I think I found its rocket fuel. This is exactly what this stuff <laughs> tastes like. I don't recommend this Philly, golden rule crap. Anyway, sidetracked. Yeah, many people argue that you are 39.5% of adultness. So that, I like that. That's a good segue. Oh, oh, oh. God, that face is not good. All right, so yeah, tell everybody what okay. happened with the with the tickets and what we did and, and all of that good stuff. So a big shout-out to our friends Heather and Carlos. Uh, they weren't able to make the game today. They were down in New Orleans for a work conference and they were kind enough to hit us up and go, Hey, look, we've got these tickets in the North end terrace, but we, we can't go because of work conflicts. We, uh, we, we, we can sell them, but we want to raise some money for the Mofasio futsal court. We want to do our part. So they, they hit us up and we were more than happy to help them out. We, we connected them. I connected with the 3252 and with Anna, um, and obviously we, we worked the logistics, big shout out to everybody that was involved in that Christian Kelvin, y'all rock Anna, fantastic. And so we put the seats up, uh, for a raffle slash donation. Everybody that participated donated some money to the Mofasio futsal court and every dollar was an entry. And so the random drawing was done this morning. The contest closed last night at midnight or this morning for that matter. Cause there's still 29 minutes left into this day. And, uh, we raised, uh, just under 600 bucks, $590 was raised for the Mofasio futsal court. So just want to say thank you to everybody that contributed to that. Thank you to Heather and Carlos. And obviously thank you to like Anna, Kelvin and Christian for, for helping out. This was really good. And anytime we have this opportunity, anytime we come across tickets, we're going to do our part to do what we can to raise money for that Mofasio futsal court. Cause you know, I think, I mean, we're under 50,000 in terms of donations. And I think it costs about a quarter million to get this sucker done. Look, if I had the money, I would happily just do this myself, but you know, we're all in this together. Let's raise that money. Let's get that futsal court created and let's continue on honoring the legacy of the great Mo Fascio. So thank you to everybody involved. That's a story with that contest. Absolutely. And Philly, thank you. Cause you're the one that spearheaded it and really made that happen with Heather. So do really appreciate you. Uh, look, we're headed up to San Jose on May 6th, but that does not end the Northern California, or I guess the Central, that's eh, Northern, the Northern California journey of one LAFC as the U.S. Open Cup drawing was announced for the round of 32, and we drew USL championship side Monterey Bay FC. That's an interesting draw. We will play them Tuesday, May 9th at Cardinal Stadium in Seaside, California. And there's a familiar face on Monterey Bay FC, one James Murphy, who was on our 2018 inaugural team. We will have an entire episode dedicated to getting to know our U.S. Open Cup round of 32 opponent, Monterey Bay FC, very, very soon, but we are excited uh, to head on up. I- I'm so bummed, man. I'm just going to put it out there, you guys. That, look, I know we're celebrating, but I'm so bummed. I'm going to miss out on both the San Jose match and the Monterey Bay FC match. I'm going to be in Boston with my middle schoolers. It's it's a bummer. Look, I love Boston. You, you guys know there's a certain former football player that used to play there that I'm a big fan of. I love taking my middle schoolers to Boston. But, dude, kind of a bummer that I'll be in Boston for, for, yeah, Philly's calling a timeout. Yes? Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. 
Oh, woe, woe to me, woe to me. I take class trips to Machu Picchu one year. I take class trips to Boston. Before I moved to Germany, we were taking trips from Queens to the Bronx Hall of Science. You're going to Beantown. No one's feeling bad for you. I only feel bad because you have to hang out with a bunch of middle schoolers. You may want to stock up on this nasty old fashioned for something like that. But nobody's feeling bad for you, Scarf. You're going to Beantown. You get to travel. Travel is the greatest thing anybody can do. There was a quote I heard and it registered with me a long time ago. Travel is the only thing that you can spend a great deal of money on and come back from richer. You are doing a beautiful thing. You're molding young minds while at the same time hanging out with your cousin. From Boston. Boston. Yeah, look, man. Up on that summer ale, baby. (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm excited. Our our sixth grade, this group that's going, they had a a couple of other trips wiped out by COVID. So this is their first time that they're able to travel. Really excited about that. I also, look, real quick, I am completely exhausted right now, as I know you are too, Philly. But uh, one of the reasons why I'm completely exhausted, my seventh grade volleyball team, I got to plug them real quick. Uh, they had an incredible victory today in the semifinals. We're playing for the championship on Thursday. It was a really good three-set win, man. My kids played so well. I am absolutely beat, totally fried and exhausted from that. And then I had to go and endure oh, the, the, the nervousness, the tension over at BMO. Uh, but Thursday is going to be fun. Uh, we got that going on. It's, you know, dude, it's been, it's been a good week. And look, I know we're, we're getting into the banter segment of everything here, but Philly, you actually, I can say this for the first time in a little while for you recently, you had a really good sports day as well. You can, you can go ahead and, and be excited for your, for your New York basketball team there, my friend. I, I'm still reeling over the fact that the Islanders lost. I, I, I love my Islanders, as you all know, but the fact that the Knicks are in the second round of the NBA playoffs, the fact that the Knicks beat the Miami Heat today, I know you all are thrilled at the fact that the Lakers, the Dodgers, and LAFC won. I mean, yeah. look, I love LAFC. But I'm pretty thrilled that the Knicks managed to win. Despite, you know, not having Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat, it was still a pretty darn close game. Uh, it was nice to have the Knicks win. But I'll tell you something throughout the course of that game. While watching the Knicks, and this is how I know I, um, I, I you know, I, I've changed a little bit. Yeah, this I, is big. I, I love LAFC. I mean, to me, it's like, there, there are a couple of loves in my life when it comes to sports. I mean, the New York Mets were the very first thing that I ever endured. Obviously, like the German national team, having I spent four years of my life living in Germany. Like I love, I love that aspect. The ties that I have to Bayern Munich, just everything. I love that. But as much as I was happy that the Knicks won today, it pales in comparison to the joy that I feel right now that LAFC won and is in the finals of the CONCACAF Champions League. To me, LAFC has transcended everything sporting-wise that I love in this life. I am not kidding you when I tell you all the joy, everything that I have that's positive in my life, especially since Panda and I moved from New York to LA, is it stems from LAFC. That's where my passion is. That's where my pride is. That's arguably my favorite team. It's the team I'm closest to. I mean, it connected you and I. We've got this brilliant pod. We've got a sponsorship with Flex. It spawned off other cool things for you, me, and the girls to do. Everything that I love and value stems from LAFC. So to me, LAFC's victory tonight is far greater than that of the Knicks. But I will say it was kind of cool that the Knicks won too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, as a, as a born and raised Angelino, 
being part of this whole experience at LAFC, man, it, it would not have been the same without meeting you through all of this. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. You, you are you are as passionate of the black and gold as anybody that we will ever meet. That being said, let's get into our rundown. We got this day in LAFC history, some news and notes, and then we're going to break down the beatdown of the Philadelphia <laughs> Union. Uh, I I very rarely do this, but I'm throwing a little curveball into this day in LAFC history because this day is going down as such a big part of LAFC history that I'm going to say on May 2nd, 2023, LAFC crushes the Philadelphia Union at BMO Stadium 3-0 to win their CCL semifinal 4-1 on aggregate to become MLS's first two-time CONCACAF Champions League finalist in this current format. I know, I know, all you Carsonites are going to say, well, back when it was way different and a little bit easier to do it, we did it twice in 97 and 01. Yeah, but not even the Champions League initially tweeted that out about you in the format that it is currently being played under, which started in 2008. LAFC is the first team to represent Major League Soccer twice in a CCL final goals from Timothy Tillman, Mahalo, Poku, and Denny Bawanga back. Another clean sheet from John McCarthy, two saves, and the result is LAFC's fourth 3 nothing win of their six CCL matches. Come on. That is your This Day in LAFC history. That is called burying the lead. There is our good friend OptiJack telling you right there. You can see it on the screen. LAFC in both 2020 and 2023 becomes the second MLS team to reach multiple CONCACAF Champions League, or as it used to be called, the CONCACAF Champions Cup final, joining the gross Carson Galaxy, 1997 and 2001. You can't take away what they did, but that's ancient history. This is living in the now, and that's what we are doing here at LAFC. Philly, some news and notes. I got to tell you, man, I, I, I put myself in for a new license plate over at LAFCplates.com. Are you kidding me? LAFC, in partnership with the California Natural Resources Agency, has announced the creation of the LAFC specialty license plate for all fans to purchase to support the state's outdoor for all initiative designed to expand outdoor access for all Californians. Uh, LAFCplates.com, Philly, I mean, you can only have six letters on this one because of the cool LAFC uh, crest on the left-hand side. Uh, are, are you getting a plate? What, what are you going to do on, on your plate? Have you, have you thought about this yet? With my non-existing car that I no longer have? That's very no, true. Panda, I, I, I was getting. I wasn't planning on getting one because I don't have a car anymore. I, I got rid of it, thankfully. <laughs> what a story that was! But that's for another oh show, God. in another pod, in another in another dimension. Yeah, I don't have a car. Yeah, and Panda, Panda. I mean, it's up to her. Obviously, she's got the car that we utilize. I can't get the license plate for my bike, but if I if I did get a license plate, I had thought about this long and hard as to what I would get on there. The letters F, the letters U, the letter C, the letter R, the letter S, and the letter N. All is one. <laughs> you can figure out what that means. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. that that's, what I would, that's what I would get as my license plate. Um, 
And that's as much as I can say because we are. Still I love it. Look, uh, dare dare I say we got a prod panda to get one of these license plates because we need seventy five hundred of these ordered before we can make it happen. LAFC is the first MLS team in California with a custom license plate. And again, well, head on over to LAFC, LAFC plate. <laughs> that was nice and subtle. I like that. Uh, head on over to LAFCplates.com. They won't run the order until you have 7,500 orders in. I've got mine. I know Nina is ordering one as well, which is pretty cool. There is a yearly fee for having – this is considered a vanity or a specialty plate. There is a yearly fee. So just keep that in mind if you are going to get one of these license plates. There is a yearly fee. Uh, but again, proceeds from the LAFC theme plate will help provide expansion of equitable access for all Californians to state parks, public lands, and cultural and historic places, including the 160-acre campus of Exposition Park in Los Angeles, home to BMO Stadium and LAFC. And a portion of the funds will also support the LAFC Foundation in the club's community initiatives. So again, that's LAFCplates.com. Uh, Philly, I, I know you couldn't make it uh, to LAFC night at Dodger Stadium, but it was another chance where we got to watch a Los Angeles team whoop on a Philadelphia team, how much fun that was. And, and of course, they bring out the Canadian, Maxime Cropot, to throw out the first pitch. That that was fun. And, and look, I love his quote. I don't know if you heard his quote about it, Philly. He goes, all I have to do is be better than Kellen Acosta last year, and it'll be fine because Kellen Acosta did not have a very good first pitch. Uh, LAFC decided to – or excuse me, uh, the Dodgers decided to put up 13 on the Phillies on Monday. Four home runs, David Peralta, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, and Jason Hayward all homering in the win. And you know what, Philly? Just for fun. The Dodgers put up 13 more on the Philadelphia Phillies today. So, so far, they're winning the two-game series 26-5 to on aggregate, but that's not how baseball works. I also hate Bryce Harper. Moving on. <laughs> that's all I got. I don't know. Uh, I mean, cool. <laughs> hey, hey, I, got, I got nothing. Now, look, if there's, if there's any satisfaction I have, like, I, I hate yeah. the Phillies. Like, that, the Phillies and the Braves are the two teams I hated more than anything. So, to see the Phillies get bashed, that's a good thing. Good things are happening. I'm happy. Absolutely. Right Philly, did, now, I know you're an East Coaster, so it was probably more. I paid narrow, enough in but, taxes to be considered an Angelino at this point. No, 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 but, 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 but hear me out. Hear me out. I know it was like Aeropostal or like a couple of other shops. Was, was Pac Sun ever a big thing on the East Coast when you were growing up? Pacific Sunwear? Um. No, not, not. I mean, obviously, I was familiar with it. You'd see it in every mall right down the road right. from Hollister and Abercrombie, but not a place that I would really shop at a lot. I would say like in terms of those clothes, it was more of a, I guess I liked Abercrombie. They had nice jeans and colorful sweaters. Uh, but yeah, I never really went to PacSun or Aeropostale or Hollister. Well, I went shopping at Trash and Vaudeville when I was in a rock band though. What is That's got to count for something. I, I don't even know what Trash and Vaudeville is, but the good part is Philly, you might not have to go to your local mall if you want to shop for PacSun. LAFC and PacSun have formed a partnership. Uh, the PacSun announced its official partnership with Los Angeles Football Club as a community outreach associate partner for the 2023 regular season. They're an official associate sponsor for the LAFC Youth Leadership Program, an incredible program 
that LAFC runs, integrating in several events and programming throughout the year with the club that benefit local students and kids throughout Los Angeles. A couple of things that they'll be helping out with, they're donating uh, apparel for a mock interview day to help high schoolers practice interviewing and a breezy backpack uh, day to fill backpacks with necessary school supplies. They'll also be out at FanFest. So Philly, maybe you can get your pack sun on out at the FanFest. We can, uh, there'll be some co-branded swag, as they say in their PR release. So, Yo, bring me that Hawaii 5.0 style shirt. That's what I, 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 I like. I like bright, vibrant, obnoxious colors. Uh, big shout out to our buddy Chris Lafferty. That's another human being that loves bright, obnoxiously colored clothing. <laughs> I, that, I just think of Lafferty. And I just think of all the wild colors he wears. Nothing but love, Laugh. I know uh, you're you're listening to this. Uh, no, that's cool. I mean, I appreciate the philanthropic aspects of it. And look to me, if it says LAFC on it and it's bright, uh, I will more than likely procure it. So, yay! Separating me from my wallet going forward. There you go. Uh, our quick Angel City Minute. ACFC played an absolute banger of a match on Saturday, April 29th, but somehow still found a way to not win uh, oh. in Portland against the defending champion Portland Thorns. Goal from Melissa Thompson. Goal from Julie Ertz. But an unreal back heel goal by the goalie for Portland, Bella Bixby, on what was literally like a, the last... She sounds like a Harry Potter villain. She absolutely <laughs> experienced almost the heck out of Didi Archie, Janine CFC. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Somehow, uh, Angel City finds a way to tie 23. Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> they take on the OL Reign. Go by Gryffindor. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right, let's talk real quick about LAFC2. LAFC2 is still looking for their first win of the 2023 season as they fell 1-0 to Earthquakes 2 on Sunday, April 30th at home at Titan Stadium. A rough turnover by Jeremy Rodriguez in front of his own goal in the 82nd minute sealed their fate as the Quakes put one past the home side and held on for the win. Dude, Abraham Romero is playing so well for that club right now. Uh, Their next home match is Wednesday, May 10th. Again, St. Louis City 2, uh, and that'll be, of course, at Titan Stadium. That's it. Those are all the news and notes. Talk about nope, the City. Talk nope, about nope, 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 oh. nope, 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 nope. I know what you got. Of information. Yeah. Uh, is it about camp? Is it about cool camp? Is that what you're doing? Yes, exactly. So just uh, oh, yeah. this was announced. Just announced. Just It's Tuesday, right? I lost track of days already. We haven't even had much of a week. On Monday, it was announced that Bayern Munich and LAFC are, are doing a camp that's going to be between June 7th and June 9th at the LAFC practice facility. Now, what's going to happen is uh, this elite camp is going to provide really high-level, like male and female youth players uh, born between 2005 and 2008. That would be the U15s towards U19s. The opportunity to learn and be scouted by coaches from both Bayern and LAFC. Now the catch is it's only limited to 100 players selected by the FC Bayern and LAFC Academy staff. Three days this is going to happen, and the the players that are identified and get spotted, they're going to have the opportunity to um to do some pretty cool things, man. Uh, they get they might have the opportunity to to feature in the FC Bayern uh, programs that you know the prestigious ones. Uh, so many different opportunities that come through. I believe it's a fifty dollar deposit. And then after that, it's about three hundred forty five bucks, which uh, you know might seem like like a little bit of money, uh, but I can tell you that if there is an opportunity and your kid's good enough, I mean. 
in the grand scheme of things, what's $345 plus $50 if your kid's good enough to be recognized by either Bayern or LAFC? Yeah, it's obviously going to be competitive. It's a shot in the dark. I get the uh, the whole pay-to-play bit, but, I mean, that's a, that's a gamble I'm willing to take. If I feel like my kid's good enough to be recognized by, by people that are tied to one of the biggest clubs in the world, I'm going to take that chance. Because what's $350, what's $400 in the grand scheme of things when – they cannot honestly go off into uh into the into the more elite levels of 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 global football. So that's the story there. That's one first bit of this red and gold partnership that's going to occur. And there's a lot of really cool things that are going to happen uh, pretty soon. I'm really excited about this Bayern LAFC partnership. Really excited to uh, see where this relationship goes forward. And you know, for those who are registering their kids for these camps, you know, g- good luck. I'm not sure when the deadline is. And actually, I just had a really fun philanthropic idea. Um, we'll I, I was about thinking about later. it, too. I, I was I was going to say, I was thinking about it, too. We got to we got to figure out how we can maybe do a scholarship for this. Or exactly. Something like for, we we sponsor. So. We sponsor somebody to go to that camp. I think that'd be pretty cool. We just have to figure out the I, logistics behind it. I totally agree. Look, the last time we did that, uh, we donated it, and then I never heard back from the LAFC Foundation uh, because the person who was running at the time didn't get back to us. But other than that, uh, everything is great. Uh, Philly, or Christian Philly Philemon, should we uh, should we get into what wound up being an absolute massacre of the Philadelphia Union at BMO yep, Stadium? let's do it. All right, my friend. Well, look, you guys all know we've been – I don't know how many times we can go through the tail of the tape. We've only won once there. They've never beaten us. It, we tie all the time. It's some of the greatest football you'll ever see in North America. LAFC, Philadelphia Union. The biggest thing for Philadelphia coming into this match would be no Jose Martinez, the midfielder, their number eight, who has been absolutely stellar for them. And I felt really, really changed this match by not being out there. It was a hamstring injury that he suffered in the first leg in Philadelphia. Other than that, everybody else was the same in terms of starters. It, it was, we know the tail of the tape. We know who's on both sides. That's all I've got for Philadelphia. Philly, you got anything to add on your side before we get into the lineups and the breakdown? No, my man. I mean, the only thing that we do need to obviously bring up is the fact that these teams are coming into this game 1-1 with the tiebreaker being away goal. So advantage LAFC. We talked in exhausting ways between one more sleep twice between our recap of leg one. Uh, Not much more that needs to be said. Uh, We've already covered quite a bit of it. And if you want to get that information, Check out the last two One More Sleeps and obviously the last podcast, episode 244. We talked exhaustingly about the history between the Union and LAFC. So let's just get into the starting lineups. Let's just talk about this fun match that occurred tonight. Absolutely. Look, we know Jim Curtin, head coach. Uh, it looks like second in line, if you believe all of the reports about the U.S. men's national team. They're really pushing hard for one Jesse Marsh. Uh, by the way, more people getting fired and let go at Leeds <laughs> since Jesse got let go. Uh, but Jim Curtin, the head coach, they like to run a 4-4-2. I know MLSSoccerSoccer.com said that they ran like a 4-3-1-2 or something, but uh, they love to run a 4-4-2. But without Jose Martinez there, it was very, very different. Uh, the starting lineup for Philadelphia, goalkeeper Andre Blake is very flipping good. I mean, wow. Andre Blake is special. 
their back line, Kai Wagner, Jack Elliott, Jacob Glesnes, and my favorite player for Philadelphia this match, Olivier Mbizo. Hey, Mr. Red Card himself. Uh, midfielders, Jack McGlynn and Alejandro Bedoya. But like we mentioned, replacing Jose Martinez, the injured Jose Martinez in the lineup, was Leon Flock. And don't forget about Daniel Gazdag, Mikhail Ua. And apparently, I barely knew he played, Julian Carranza. Uh, in the 18, there are only three players that you even need to worry about. That would be Quinn Sullivan, the longtime Philadelphia Union Academy uh, prospect. Nathan Harriel, the 22-year-old defender from Florida, who's also a Union Academy product. And Joaquin Torres, the 26-year-old Argentinian acquired from Montreal, who was once on loan from Newell's Old Boys, one of the uh, one of the more famous clubs in all of Argentina. That is the 18 for Philadelphia. We got we got a big addition back to the lineup, Philly, for the black and gold. Yep, starting between the pipes, the Philly native himself, John McCarthy. I think I might have said in the past couple episodes, there's nothing I like that ever came out of Philadelphia. That's a lie. I love the movie Rocky, and I love John McCarthy. John McCarthy, you are the man. He starts in between the pipes. Boy, did he come up big for us. Backline consisting of Ryan Hollingshead, Jesus David Murillo, Aaron Long, Cheeky Palacios. Midfield, Ilya Sanchez, Kellen Acosta. We called it. Not a surprise. We're not exactly crystal ball readers. If we were... Our names would be on the stadium. It'd be Philly in the Scarf Stadium, not BMO. Uh, Timothy Tillman, who I'm going to tell you right now, when all is said and done and his career at LAFC is over, he's going to go down in history as the best midfielder we've ever had. And on top, Carlos Vela, no surprise. Danny Buanga, no surprise. But Mr. Mateos Bogush starting up top instead of Mahala. That was a bit of a surprise. That was a bit of a surprise, but in the few mit, uh, bits uh, of playing time that we witnessed him in, kids got, kid looks solid. As far as our bench is concerned, Romero, backup keeper. Daniel Maldonado, Sergi Palencia, Daniel Crisostomo, Eric Duenas, Jose Cifuentes. No Giorgio Chiellini in the 18. We hope that Father Time hasn't caught up with him. Whatever it is that's plaguing him, we wish him all the best. We want to see Giorgio's smiling face on that pitch really soon. That's the starting lineup. That's the rest of the bench. That's LAFC leg two. Look, we very rarely talk tactics on this podcast. We leave that to the guys at Counterpress and a couple of other pods out there. But holy crap, Steve Terundolo moving Timothy Tillman to the 10. I was talking an awful lot about this with the twins, Lalo and Gaston, who really do help me understand the game so, so, so much better. And I was shocked. First minute, kickoff. Usually it's Carlos Vela or Denny Bawanga or even a player like Mateus Bogush who would go sprinting towards the back line for Philadelphia as they kick it off. But no, it was Timothy Tillman sprinting forward on the first touch, and he is playing the role of the 10. He's the guy that kind of stirs the drink from that back of the front line. And, man, Steve Chirundolo playing chess when everybody else is playing guess who. I'm telling you right now, guys, Steve Chirundolo, coach of the year, without a doubt so far, 
It has been unbelievable. Just one minute of the game already showing that he's making moves, thinking about how best to thwart that attack that was so potent for Philadelphia in the first leg. And, and just as I sat down, I, I, I put my beverage to my lips. Uh, the referee is holding up a yellow card. Thank you, Alejandro Bedoya. Uh, we, we looked at this quite a bit, Panda and I and, and Nina, when she was sitting right by us for a little bit. We kept replaying over and over and over again. Philly, if that foul occurs at any other point in the match than the second minute by Alejandro Bedoya or anybody else, that's a red card. Studs up tackle into the shins. Completely ridiculous. I hate to ever agree with Alexi Lalas on anything, but he thought it should be a red card. Two minutes in, Philly, we could have been up a man. So back when he scored a goal and there was that issue with the gun violence, Alejandro Bedoya scored a goal, went up to one of those mics and yelled, do something. That's exactly what we were looking for the ref to do. Do something. Alejandro Bedoya, no doubt guilty of a red card infraction. How he didn't call that, the ref didn't call that, beyond me. We can say what we want about officiating. The ref certainly put his hand in his pocket and blew his whistle plenty of times. That's not all that blue when it came to the referees. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. A red card should have been assessed, needless to say. Nothing happened there. But yellow cards would pile up, and they would benefit us down the road. But, yeah, no doubt that was a red card. But Alejandro Bedoya got away with murder. And you could honestly say that Philly was just flagrantly fouling the frick out of us, man. There's your alliteration for today. Philly fouling <laughs> the freaking whatever out of us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like it. It's it's almost midnight, so anytime you're throwing out an alliteration, I dig it. Look, we got both clubs kind of trading off side calls in the 10th minute and kind of feeling each other out. I was actually very surprised that the union didn't press as hard as they did, in my opinion, the first 15 minutes of this game as they did in the first leg. But LAFC wins the first corner of the match in the 12th minute. And it was Timothy Tillman who earned that corner for LAFC. And I'll say this, the service on set pieces this match was mm, chef's kiss. Carlos Vela to take it. And it is an absolutely perfect ball to one Ilya Sanchez and Andre Blake. You are ridiculous. Ridiculous. That one-handed behind his body off the goal line save on a beautiful free header by Ilya Sanchez right in the middle of the box. But it's him on the other end. That's right. Timothy Tillman is him. Puts it into the back of the net to give us a meaningless one nothing lead. Because if the game ended 0-0 or 1-0, it still would have been LAFC moving on. But Timothy Tillman pouncing on it on the back of the net. Timmy, if you're listening to this, enjoy your pair of shoes, my friend. You know why. We hope you like the sliders. Enjoy the shoes. We love you, buddy. So the only thing I'll say before we go to the footage is uh, that save by Andre Blake, one of the greatest saves you'll ever see by a goalkeeper. But the unfortunate thing is that's going to get washed and missed away into the ether spheres because it didn't matter. As phenomenal as a save as it was, he let in that goal. And Timothy Tillman absolutely smashed the hell out of the ball. And we're going to be dating ourselves with this one, defenders. Y'all that are older than us are going to know what I mean by this. But to go to uh, 
and I don't mean the singer, the George Michael sports machine, as he would say, let's go to the videotape. Let's take a look at that Timothy Tillman goal. Let's hope it works. Uh. <laughs> Did it again? Did it do it again? Do we hit play? Uh. All right. Uh. Well, let, let's put it this way. It was a very, very nice goal scored right at the tail end of the uh, of the uh, 12th minute there. Actually, I think it might have even been the 13th minute by the time we got the ball into the back of the net. Uh, I don't think it's – I'm going to – Look, we'll, 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 we'll. oh, it, it buffered and then it disappeared. Fantastic. Fan-freaking-tastic. Look, Carlos Vela had a great placement of that ball. Uh, you saw Mario Anilier crashing in. Again, a phenomenal save by Andre Blake. I mean, Jesus, you got a paw on it. But Timothy Tillman. Let's try it. Hold on. Let's try one more thing. Killed let's it. see if this works. We'll see. Oh, buffering. Playing. Nope, not playing. All right, cool. Technical difficulties on our end. Looks like they're not going to play. We don't uh, have producer McPandas. We uh, we waited too long to record, so producer McPandas uh, <laughs> did what a panda would do at this hour of the day, sleep. They hibernate. What are you going to do? Uh, that being said, though, an incredible goal. I, I mean, look, Phenomenal. Andre Blake is so good. Andre Blake is so good. Uh, we love Denny Bawanga. He has had an absolutely incredible season thus far. But, man, was that a dumb yellow card that he picked up in the 17th minute. A foul yeah, from behind on Kai Wagner. They gave Kai Wagner way too much space down that left-hand side. And, and the only thing, I, other than it being a dumb yellow card, and now he's got to play 73 minutes on a yellow, is that, look, where are the Philadelphia Union most deadly on set pieces? They have six foot six Jack Elliott. They got Kai Wagner who can put stuff on a dime. Uh, but look, all kinds of chaos in the box. Somehow the ball popping over to John McCarthy. And, and, and we dodge a little bit of a bullet there on kind of a dumb yellow card. Look, for everything that Danny Bowanga does right, this was kind of a dumb yellow. Yeah, not, not, nothing that was great there. There was one play where... You know, we jokingly like we had a goal kick by uh, by John McCarthy where uh, he, he kind of Pablo Cisniegued it out of play. Uh, <laughs> I just, there was nothing really to say about that. I just I came up with the phrase and I thought it was kind of funny. Not great distribution <laughs> there, but <laughs> nothing more to be said about that. Twenty third minute though, there was a ball that headed over Chiki Palacio's head. He absolutely mistimed it. And it lands directly in front of Mr. Danger himself, Daniel Gazdog. He has a clean look at J-Mac. But J-Mac, a beautiful, beautiful save. And I just, I have the utmost praise for this young man. He, I mean, his story is great. Uh, he, he waited patiently for his opportunities. Came up big in the MLS Cup final. We don't need to talk about that. But... Man, has he proven himself as a worthy and unbelievable starting keeper in Major League Soccer. J-Mac had so many good saves, even leading into this game. Led all CONCACAF Champions League goalkeepers with 34, no, 36 saves coming into this match. And a big save on one of Philadelphia's big guns, Daniel Gazdag. J-Mac keeping LAFC in the game in the 23rd minute. Yeah, look, here's the incredible part. Philly, you're going to go through all of the stats at the end of it. But that was the first save that he had to make. 23 minutes in, first save he had to make. Uh, he, he is going to have to make a second one in the 36th minute. 
Uh, right before that, by the way, I just, I got to mention this, okay? Uh, a nice little bit of passing uh, from Carlos Vela, Danny Bawanga, Mateus Bogush. I felt like from about the 25th minute, actually, you know what? I'll say it. Right after McCarthy made that save to about maybe even the 30th minute, there was about a five-minute period in that first half where LAFC absolutely took the air out of the ball. They controlled possession. They valued the ball, which is one of my keys to the match coming in. They completed passes. They made the play that were right in front of them. They couldn't find anything on goal, but the passing was great. The ideas were great. The ball control was great. From about that 23rd minute till maybe even about the 30-minute mark, I really felt like LAFC controlled all the action in the match. 33rd minute, though, we did see Jesus David Maria call for the trainer, and he put some sort of a sleeve over his left leg, something to watch. Now, look, there is plenty of time between the CONCACAF Champions League final two legs. May 31st is what we're seeing, so obviously 28 days from today. But maybe an injury concern moving forward with one Jesus Murillo. We already know Chiellini is on the shelf. We've seen great play from Aaron Long and Dino Maldonado. But, I mean, could it be Noah Dallenmeyer gets another call back up? He's, he's tall. He's a backline guy. But something that you and I were both watching was Jesus Murillo. More on that uh, at halftime. But the, the only other time where John McCarthy was threatened in the first half, Philly, was that save that he made. Uh, I, I guess he got a touch on it, right, because they called it out for a corner kick. The John McCarthy diving to his right on a shot by Daniel Gazdog in the yep. 36th minute. That, he had two saves to make, all half, and he made them both. So, yay. Yeah, uh, a, a pivotal moment that would affect the outcome of this game did, in fact, happen within the 34, 41st minute when we had a yellow card on, on, on Mbizo, Olivier Mbizo. That's going to come back to haunt him. A, again, a very pivotal uh, moment of the game, one in which obviously changed the, the fate of the Philadelphia Union. That happened. Uh, going into the 45th minute, we got five minutes worth of injury time. And uh, in this frame, within these last five minutes, you see a nice play where Carlos has the ball, gets himself out of trouble. He connects with Mateus Bogus, who has a shot on Andre Blake. Uh, but no, nothing transpired there. There was another play in which Philadelphia was on the run where uh, Carlos was heated that there was no foul called. And I like seeing an angry Carlos Vela because an angry Carlos Vela is an effective Carlos Vela. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. And for the most part, that's unless you have anything, not that much happened. There was an opportunity in which Cheeky almost con uh, connected with Carlos didn't have enough mustard behind it. Lands right into the capable hands of Andre Blake. But that's pretty much it for the first half, at least in terms of my notes. I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, no, it's that same thing that you talked about. The yellow card to Olivier Mbizo, Uh, It happened uh, right before, because it was kind of on the same play. Mario made a foul. And Jesus David Mario picked up a yellow card during that transaction as well. It's going to be interesting to see. I just don't know. I have to go back and look. But if there are yellow card repercussions from this Jesus David Mario yellow that he picked up, uh, I know all single yellow cards do get washed away going into the final. So I guess as long as you didn't pick up uh, a second yellow for any reason, 
Not that Olivier and Baizo has to worry about that moving into the CONCACAF Champions League final, but I, I think we're okay. I think everything gets wiped out. I think we go into this final with all hands on deck, but we'll see. Uh, Philly, one nothing at the half. We mentioned, obviously, the two saves for John McCarthy. Any other stats that you want to highlight before we move on to the second half? I mean, LAFC was effective. I mean, they had more shots than the Union did. We're talking nine to three. As far as shots on target, four to the Union's two. Possession relatively even. Passing accuracy much better by LAFC in this first 45 minutes than the last 45 minutes down uh, over in Chester, Pennsylvania. Uh, A couple of chances created. Corners were relatively even, five to four. Fouls, uh, pretty chippy, man. Uh, Wait, hold on. I'm reading the second half stats. Uh, fouls pretty chippy nine by LAFC <laughs> going into the locker room. So that was kind of, kind of nuts. So a couple offside plays as well, but I mean, the key factor is uh three yellow cards for the union, two yellow cards for LAFC. These officials were not messing around, man. I have five yellow cards within the first 45 plus five minutes of the game. This guy wasn't going to let these kids play, especially not like, uh, they allowed them to play in the last game in Chester, Pennsylvania. Well, at least not in the first half. I don't know what the heck he was doing in the second half, man. He, he lost his yellow cards in his pocket for a little bit. Uh, I, I do also want to certainly didn't find that. his red card early on either. I, I really think LAFC did a wonderful job of playing their own game for most of these 45 minutes. I felt like Philadelphia really played well the last 10 minutes or so of the half, but I mean, Philly, you and I were lamenting the first half how we weren't able to play our own game. We really looked like we were being taken out of it in Chester, Pennsylvania during that first leg. But here, first 45 minutes, maybe it was a little bit of home cooking. Maybe it was the 3252 who were killing it as always. Maybe it was part of the 19,952 that were announced. We can't sell out this game, guys. Come on, 22,000 people have to be at the most 19,985, you stand corrected. Sorry, I, I don't know where I got the 952 from. I was thinking but, of the uh, better question is what happened to the other 2,000 of you? I right, that's what I'm saying, man. We couldn't sell out a CONCACAF Champions League semifinal against the only East Coast team that most of our black and gold faithful care about. I, I've either way, that's okay. Uh, but look, injury concern, maybe yellow card accumulation worries, maybe, but either way, Daniel Maldonado coming on. For Jesus, David, Mario at the half, something to keep an eye on as we get set. We obviously have our game May 6th, which is in, well, now it's midnight, it's 12-12. In just three days uh, from now, as you are likely listening to this, we have our game up in San Jose at Levi's Stadium. And then just a few days after that, we have our U.S. Open Cup match. So something to think about with Jesus, David, Mario and his health, obviously with Chiellini and his health. We'll see what's going on with our center back situation. And, of course, the first ball of the half finds Daniel Maldonado, heads it out for a Philadelphia corner, but nothing happens. Uh, There was a a play in the 50th minute, Philly, and I'll let you take this one because I had to go pee, so I was in the bathroom. 50th minute? You mean uh, when Timothy Tillman was absolutely finessing it in the box? God, I talked about how – I have nothing but the utmost respect and kind words to say about John McCarthy. But same with Timothy Tillman, his poise, his composure, his ball handling skills, his passing ability, his football IQ. This kid continues to impress me. Hell of moves in the box. 
but uh, he passes it on to uh, Denny Bowanga, and Olivier Mbizo uh, actually gets his boot on it, so he blocks it. But, uh, I mean, you got to – that's something that's not going to appear in the stat line. Nobody cares how many ankles you break or how many people you juke. They care about whether or not you connect with your teammate for a goal or whether you score one yourself. But Timothy Tillman, absolutely finessing it in the box, man. The kid's got game. Yeah, I can't use the term I put in my notes to talk about the fracas that happened in about the 53rd, 54th, and then 55th minute I thought this was where the referee really lost control of this match a little bit here. We had a little bit of a fracas after a foul, and then I, I used a term that has a swear in it, so I'm not allowed to say it. Uh, oh, and then bummer. in the 54th, I know, and then the 54th minute, another foul by Philadelphia. Uh, three straight fouls at that point, and then the 55th minute, sorry, four straight fouls. Uh, the free kick leading to a corner by Carlos Vela. Uh, just uh, Andre Blake made a, I almost said James Blake. That's a tennis player. Andre Blake uh, made a pretty good save, easy save on that ball in the 55th minute. And, and I just got so frustrated, Philly. I, I, I swore, I screamed things. I really wanted the official to hear me. Uh, we gave up a corner for Philadelphia. And then I don't know. I think we got lucky that it happened to be Olivier Mbizo that made this uh, foul, created this foul in the 59th minute. But thank goodness, Philly, that finally, about an hour into the match, the referee finally calls something of note on uh, on Philadelphia in the second half. And and look, Paul had some work to do. I love this. <laughs> Oh, Olivier Mbizo is not exactly going to be walking around Exposition Park um, in the most fr- in the friendliest of manners. You said it. He got a foul on Denny Buanga. No doubt that was a yellow card. But uh, the, the soccer gods were fair. Alejandro Bedoya should have been booted out of this game early on. The referee didn't have the intestinal fortitude to make that big of a call early on in the game. But he would have the opportunity to redeem himself. Mbizo. In the 41st minute, collected his first yellow card. I don't know if he forgot. (laughs) Clearly he did because in the 59th minute, he gets himself his second yellow, and that obviously changes the entire complexion of the game. Now, it's not to say that the Philadelphia Union wouldn't have been capable to go out on the offensive because, look, in the past... LAFC has been scored on uh, with with the other team under man. It's, It's happened before. We've bared witness to it. Thankfully, it wouldn't happen today, but it certainly gives us the opportunity to finally go out there, press forward, and step on their gosh darn throats. Thank you, Olivier Mbizo. Um, You could be booed out of BMO Stadium all you want, but because of that play, I'd happily buy you a beer. Absolutely. Look, uh, Team Security Paul made sure he got off the pitch safely, had a little bit of work to do in this one, and right after the red card, uh, trying to change formation, trying to change tactics, uh, Jim Curtin doing what he can, subs in Nathan Harriel for Mikel Ua uh, in the 61st minute. Still my favorite name uh, to say. Uh, 64th minute, not a great ball by Kellen Acosta on the corner, but that allowed us to take the air out of the ball once again. And in the 66th minute, Mahala coming into the match for Mateus Bogush, who actually played a very solid match, just lacked a little bit of quality in that final third. And Timothy Tillman gave everything he had for 66 minutes. It kind of looked like he called for a sub after the 63rd minute. 
uh, he looked over, gave the 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 turning of the the fingers. This, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> the turning of the fingers. Yeah, you saw it. Whatever on YouTube, uh, Jose Cifuentes <laughs> comes in for Timothy Tillman, and I'm going to say this: it was a quality performance by Sifu over these last 24 minutes. Obviously, though, preceding that, a masterclass of a performance by one Timothy Tillman. No, I, I would agree. He, uh, I mean, to get a CONCACAF Champions League goal. Uh, and we, we start to look really good, especially by doing one more sleep. We both said that he would be the player to watch on LAFC. And look, I think you even went out there and said he was going to score a goal. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Timothy Tillman, phenomenal player. So right around this time is when they actually announced the, uh, the attendance at BMO yeah. Stadium at, at a whopping yeah. 19,985. And look, I get it. You know, people people have stuff to do. I would understand that more if it was a Monday, though. I feel like there's any day of the week you really don't have anything to do. It'd be a Tuesday. Like, who has activities planned on a Tuesday? I figure if there's any day of the week you'd be free to do anything, it'd be a Tuesday. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. I'd love to get your opinions on this. Uh, Mondays I get, Fridays I get, thir- thirsty Thursdays, but Tuesday. You couldn't come Listen. out to the bank on a Tuesday? I'll, I'll say this, Philly. If not for LAFC, I'm not doing a whole lot after work on a Tuesday. I was. That's what I'm saying. I, I no, I'm I'm saying I'm staying home. So I'm I'm happy that we had 19,985 people. Still disappointed that we didn't have 22,000 people at the Cathedral, the Black and Gold BMO Stadium. But I mean, I'll take I'll take 20,000. I get. I mean, do you imagine what the Chicago Fire would do if 20,000 people showed up to a game of theirs? Oh my God. Uh, oh, I mean, I think. Why, I mean, they'd probably start handing out lottery tickets at that point. I don't know. That's that's <laughs> that sucks for for some of these teams that have been around for a while. It it really is a shame to see uh, clubs like the Chicago Fire attendance that you see at places like I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, like like Houston Dynamo I, I don't doesn't have great attendance. I mean, the the Red Bull that's a team that's been around since '96. I mean, I still go it's back to their Bull. playoff game when they only had what. 13,000 or so, or maybe it was 10 at their playoff game. I, I forget. But some of these MLS clubs that do brag about being around since 96, oh, just piss poor attendance, man. That's that's neither here nor there. Moving right along in the game, 66 minute. We talked about the subs. You already brought that out. 72nd minute, you start to see the quality of Jose Cifuentes as he sneaks the ball into Mahala. His shot just misses, but Jose Cifuentes' passing was crisp. I really enjoyed watching Sifu come off the bench to, and play the way he did because I think at this point, he takes it as an insult. Now he's really battling for playing time, and healthy competition is good for all parties involved. I thought he was awful in, 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 in the first game against, uh, against the Union. Got lucky for drawing the foul that led to the... Uh, that, that that led to some stuff a couple of games ago. But, I mean, he wasn't particularly good against the Union last time around. But knowing that his playing time could be limited un- unless he pulls his head out of his rear, he looked good. So connecting with Mahala that quick into the game without having too much, too many touches and too many, uh, too many minutes, he looked, qu- he looked quality within that 72nd minute. Yeah, Sifu and Mahala both really brought the energy. They were in places where they really needed to be in terms of making runs, finding space. Uh, Mahala earned a corner, I think, right before uh, that play that you're talking about with Sifu. That, again, was just one of those hustle plays that 
you know, look, I don't know that Mateus Bogush at, at the 71st, 72nd, 75th minute is has the gas left in the tank, but you bring on a, a healthy, a rested uh, Mahalo Opoku, and those are the kind of things that he does. You mentioned Jose Cifuentes. Um, you know, just I really like the energy that those two guys brought on. Uh, looking for a little bit of energy in the 77th minute, Quinn Sullivan coming on for Jack McGlynn. And again, 78th minute, off to the races was Mahala on a counter, got dragged down from behind, no card somehow. I don't know what that referee was doing, but you know what? It didn't matter because Mahala was able to answer in the best of ways. Carlos Vela, you sultry minx, you, that beautiful <laughs> through ball to Mahala. And, and look, we, we've often accused Mahala sometimes of trying to be a little too cute with the ball. We've seen a couple of other players try to be – I think that's the one thing, right, you and I love about Denny Bowanga so much is that when he's in and around the goal, he is looking to Hulk smash every time he takes a shot. Well, Mahala Opoku absolutely hammers this ball from about, what, five, seven yards out from goal – Andre Blake heard it go by. One of my favorite quotes was, I think it was an at-bat from Reggie Jackson against Nolan Ryan in the 70s, where Nolan Ryan struck Reggie Jackson out on three pitches. And Nolan Ryan, I mean, he was throwing 100 miles an hour at the time when other guys were throwing slop at 85. And Nolan Ryan, first pitch strike, second pitch strike. Third pitch, umpire calls a strike, and Reggie Jackson turns to argue with the umpire and says, hey, that didn't sound like a strike. That is exactly what Mahala did with that shot. It wasn't a shot that Andre Blake saw. It was a shot that Andre Blake heard go by his head. I am just so – I love Mahala. I'm so proud of this kid, man. And this, this was that extra bit of confidence, the work that he has put in to get to this point, scoring again – in Champions League, I believe it was basically his coming out party, right, Philly, against, was it Cruz Azul, where Mahalo Poku yeah. scored in our 2020 CONCACAF Champions League run. All this kid does for us is come up in some pretty big moments. We absolutely love our Mahalo Opoku. Yeah, and you credited Carlos Vela with the assist, but what led to Carlos Vela getting that ball was the uh, the wherewithal and the intestinal fortitude of Jose Cifuentes. If you look at that play, you got Harriel tugging on his kit, like forcibly tugging on his kit, trying to prevent them from moving the ball forward. But you got to tip your hat off to Sifu because he stuck with it, threading it into Carlos and Carlos with an unbelievable pass to Mahala. And as he says on his social media, small boy, big God, massive goal. Cause that's exactly what that was. <laughs> Insurance. If you will, Lloyd's of London, you got your quadwo poku policy knocking on that, knocking on that back door. Two to nothing, LAFC. Carlos Vela with an unbelievable assist, and now uh, we finally get to breathe a uh, a sigh of relief because until that goal happened, it really, I mean, we know the history between these two teams. It still could have gone either way. I wasn't at all like a thousand percent confident that we were walking out of this without uh, any kind of drama. But that goal by Mahala certainly sealed it and certainly took the air out of Jim Curtin's sails. Yeah, look, you, you and I both thought it'd be 2-1. Uh, I know you predicted it to be 1-1 before we scored. I thought it'd be 2-0, and then we get a nervous time goal late in the match. And I was like, hey, it's it's all kind of playing out according to plan. 
Uh, joke was on us, my friend. We we should apologize to our good friend John McCarthy in the back line that stands in front of him because uh, spoiler alert, yet another clean sheet. Uh, interested to see uh, both obviously Jesus Murillo, who we talked about injury concerns in the first half, and in the 84th minute. I mean, Sifu was he wasn't down. He was standing up, but he was kind of hunched over. He was shaking out his hand. I don't know what it was, but it looked like he had already come in with some tape on on his wrist there. It looked like he was holding his hand, maybe trying to shake things out. Uh, Not sure what happened there. Uh, Safe to say that this time Carlos Vela getting subbed out, he was a little happier. You mentioned it, uh, I think, during One More Sleep, that Carlos was none too happy to have been subbed out last time but this time to a full standing ovation from the 19,985 that were there. (laughs) But we did see that one Philadelphia Union fan leave our section. So 19,984 fans. It looked like he came straight out King of Prussia or Westchester or or Bluebell or whatever wealthy Philly suburb. Yeah, gross. I mean, you know what? He he paid money to come to our stadium, so more power to him. Uh, Stipe Buke on in the 87th minute. Uh, and then uh, Torres, who I had mentioned in the in the opening in the 18, coming on for apparently Julian Carranza because he played in the match. I have no idea where Julian Carranza was. He was on a note match. card for all I was concerned this game. Philly, I'm going to steal you. one of your favorite. I get it. I am going to steal one of your favorite words to lead you in to talking about the 90th minute. Denny Bawanga's assault on the polyurethane continues. Can we can we try to roll the tape, Philly? What do you think? Let's see if it works. Well, I think I see producer McPandas around, so it didn't work when I tried to load the video. It didn't work when you tried to load the video. But to quote once again the George Michael sports machine, producer McPandas and Huff, apparently, let's go to the yep. videotape. That would be the... Um, yeah, this is it. Yeah. All righty. Okay. Well, you know what? Over three. That's that's okay. That's that's okay. We're getting over the glitches. I see a cat in the I'm background. Gonna, I'm gonna blame gonna, it on gonna Harry try. Huff and Hagrid. I'm gonna I'm gonna try something on my end. Yeah, over two. All right. This is great. Hey, okay. All right. So that. Uh, 60% of the time it works every time. All right, there we three go. Games, potentially. Uh, Tigres or Leon oh, oh. could be off for three weeks, and it's going to be slipped through. Boyga! Boy, great timing. Cifuentes has had a great impact off the bench. He's the one that plays the pass. Leslie's it stepped aggressively <laughs> trying to jump. What I'd like to know... Because this was pulled off of Fox Sports. Who stepped on the banshee? Wow, that kid's screaming. (laughs) Hurts my audio. It hurts my ear canal. Dude, how about Jacob Glesnitz? I didn't notice this until I just watched it. Try to grab Danny Bawanga as he came through on that beautiful through ball from Jose Cifuentes. That would have been a penalty at the top of the box anyway. But They played uh, so dirty, man. So they many glimpses of them hanging on. There was that one play where I forget who it was. It might have been Glesnes, Um, where like Carlos Vale is in front of the in front of the ref, and the guy's like holding him down. And like you know, you could count Mississippi's to the time like the ref finally blew the whistle. It's just like what what more needs to happen for you to blow your freaking whistle? 
I mean, ref, you clearly yeah. blow, uh, but you need to blow the whistle. I mean, good God. I mean, just the calls in this game, I don't want to say it was the worst officiating I've ever seen because I feel like we say that all the time when it comes to pretty rancid officials. Pro. Um, but, yeah, it's, Philly was – the union, that is. They were just playing so dirty, man, hanging on to us, holding on to us, holding our hips, holding down our kits. is just – ugh, it's not good. Now I'm with you. I at this point, obviously it's three nothing. Referee blows his whistle. I, I would like to mention the Philadelphia Fight. They are a semi-professional rugby league team based in the Philadelphia metropolitan area. They were originally known as the Philadelphia Bulldogs, but now they are known as the Philadelphia Fight. I think they would have had a better shot at uh, what the tactics that the Union were trying to put on LAFC today. Then Philadelphia did Philadelphia fight. Didn't think we'd be mentioning a semi-pro Philadelphia rugby team leading into this match. Look, Philly, the important part is 3-0 LAFC, 4-1 on aggregate. And, and I strike me or correct me if I'm wrong, Philly. We didn't mention John McCarthy having to make any saves in the second half. Ooh, hang on. Let me pull up the stats. You beat me to the gun. You were feeling oh, look, a lot froggier. Oh, there it is. I was looking at my screen. Yeah, I mean, there's the uh, the tail of the tape. We had nine shots in the first half. We 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 told it up with nineteen. We had four on target in the first half. We had another four in the second half. As you can see, things got a lot chippier. Fourteen fouls, LAFC, sixteen, the Union. But uh, yeah, not much came out of the Philadelphia Union. And I would again, I'm going to attribute that a lot to when Mbizo came out of the game. With the red card at that point, I just and obviously Maha, uh, obviously Mahala's goal. At that point, Philly's just Philly's goose was cooked, and they just had nothing to combat. I mean, Jim Curtin, he was out coached, and that's not something that you can say very often because the guy is a brilliant tactician with his own mind. But Steve Trundolo absolutely punked him, um, and we absolutely punked the Philadelphia Union. So without a doubt, we absolutely obliterated them. There was no play that you could say was, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I mean, there's nothing that happened to where people can say, oh, well, if it wasn't for this, the union probably would have won. No, there's there's none of that. I mean, we absolutely dominated in every which way, shape, or form. And it it honestly was about time because we didn't play very well against them leg one in Chester. We didn't play previously very well against the Galaxy. It's only a matter of time before we were actually going to play what we know LAFC can do. And they won convincingly, 3-0. This was actually an LAFC game, more so than the previous CCL game, more so than the Galaxy game. This was what LAFC is all about, dominating and destroying their opponents. Absolutely. And look, in between these two matches, it was Houston. We have a problem, and MLS decided to remove the Houston problem. The game that was supposed to be April 29th and moved it down to June 14th. Well, MLS, knock, knock. We have some major issues in terms of scheduling with what the CONCACAF website has as the two dates for the first and second legs. According to the CONCACAF website, the legs will be May 31st and June 4th. (laughs) Not happening. Well, May 31st, LAFC currently has a home match scheduled against St. Louis City. Uh, okay. So let's say we get the second leg, which by the way, we'll talk about how we get the second leg in just a second. 
But if we get the second leg, we have a home match against Atlanta June 3rd. And thank you to Panda for pointing this out because I didn't look at the Angel City schedule. Angel City has a home match against the Chicago Red Stars June 4th. Um, we're either disrupting the NWSL schedule or our schedule to make one of these two legs happen. And there's no way. Look, Philly, we have we have a very good club. LAFC is very deep. We are very talented. But we cannot play both St. Louis and either Tigres or Leon on May 31st at the same time. That just can't happen. It's going to be very interesting to see how Major League Soccer addresses the major issue that we've got scheduling-wise uh, coming up with this CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, you're not wrong, and hopefully they, they do the right thing. As much as I want to smack St. Louis around because their fans are getting a little too boisterous about their team being the best, my, our sights are set on the CONCACAF Champions League. That's the most important aspect. That's the most important game ahead of us. I don't care about St. Louis as much. It'd be even better to just absolutely wallop them at home. But hopefully the uh, the powers that be do their scheduling accordingly and uh, hopefully we don't end up with another game on a Tuesday night. Oh, my God. Speaking of scheduling real quick, LAFC, uh, their next regular season match is May 6th up at not PayPal Park, but at Levi's Stadium in San Francisco. They have moved the San Jose match away from their home venue where they don't really draw that well unless we are in town up to San Francisco where the Giants play the home of Brock Purdy, San Francisco 49ers, uh, Levi's stadium. And then of course, May 9th in Monterey, actually at Seaside, California at Cardinal stadium, Monterey Bay FC against LAFC in the open cup. But Philly, you and I, we got a soccer match to watch tomorrow. Tigres and Leon, the second leg of their semifinal Wednesday, May 3rd, Tigres entering the road matchup against Leon up 2-1 on aggregate. I'll ask you now, Philly, because I know you've said it before a couple of times, if you had a preference, Tigres or Leon? We beat Leon. That chapter was closed back in 2020. Tigres, on the other hand, they beat us, ending our CONCACAF Champions League final run in 2020. They went on to the to the FIFA Club World Cup, losing to Bayern Munich. That could have been us. Well, not the losing part to Bayern Munich anyway. That would have been actually a really interesting tale to uh, to have. <laughs> if we would have beaten Bayern Munich, then who knows if this red and gold partnership would have actually happened. Uh, or maybe Oliver Kahn would have said, hey, we should have done this earlier. I don't know. We'll never know. But what I do know is that I would prefer to play Tigres because I want to beat the team that beat us. We've already taken care of Leon. We dispatched them. I want to take care of Gignac and company. That's the team I want to face. That's the revenge that I want to enact. That's to where I will feel that we truly deserve to be CONCACAF Champions League winners. What we did getting into that final against Tigres was incredible, beating the likes of Leon, uh, Cruz Azul, Club America, but we fell to Tigres. I want to uh, skin the Tigre. I want to skin the Tiger. I want to take the Frenchman, send them back to Marseille where he came from. That's what I want. I want to go to Monterrey, my friend. Yeah, look, uh, selfishly, I got to go to Leon for that matchup, and I've already been there. 
I've never been to Monterey. I have nothing against the good people of Leon. I had a wonderful time down there. It was a great stadium, great atmosphere, great city, great time. But I've never been to Monterey. And you told me how beautiful Monterey was when you got to go down there for the indoor soccer. Uh, so I, I'm I'm in. Let's 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 make it Gignac. Let's make it Tigres. It's going to be an an incredible match tomorrow. Leon and Tigres, Philly. Anything else you got, my friend? For any of you knuckleheads out there listening to this pod that aren't lovers of the black and gold questioning how good we are, I just want to leave you with this. LAFC has outscored opponents 14-3 to in the CONCACAF Champions League. 30-9 and in all competitions this year, we have outscored our opponents. We are 4-1-1 in the CCL, and we are 9-1-4 in all competitions. Only losing at home, oddly enough, to Alahuelense. So for any of you saying that LAFC is overrated, the proof is in the pudding. Best in the West, best in MLS, uh, eventually, well, not truthfully the best in MLS just yet statistically, but undefeated nonetheless, but on our ver- on the verge of becoming best in the CCL. I have no doubt that we are going to do this. And remember these times defenders, we are living history Right now, we win this CONCACAF Champions League. Granted, we come in second to what the Sounders did last year, which that was a tremendous task within itself. As far as I'm concerned, if we win the CONCACAF Champions League, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good with the way the rest of the season turns out. I want to whoop up on whoever we play next, go into that FIFA Club World Cup, and then figure it out from there. That's what I want more than anything. That trophy, something that we can say that we have, that the uh, the cosmonauts don't. Yeah, look, 2018, Toronto FC, coming off of look, they call it a treble because the Canadian Championship is a real trophy, apparently. But you and I could they win. They won. They won the Supporters Shield. They won MLS Cup in 2017, and then they made the Concacaf Champions League final in 2018 and had a chance to pull off three straight trophies, three straight appearances, three straight trophies. They couldn't do it. We are going to write a very different chapter, my friend. We took Supporter Shield. We took MLS Cup. And now we're damn well sure coming for the CONCACAF Champions League trophy as well. We have had now opportunities last year and this year to bring trophies home, and we have done so. We brought home a second Supporter Shield. We brought home the MLS Cup the very first time to BMO Stadium and for the very first time to actual Los Angeles. And now we are going to be bringing home CONCACAF Champions League glory to Los Angeles. We are already the first two-time finalists in this format, and this format has been going on for 15 years now. I cannot wait to see what Steve Chirondolo has in store for either Leon or Tigres and it is going to be an absolutely incredible ride. Philly, it's exciting times, my friend. Exciting times indeed. And we got to talk about it all here on episode 245 of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth. The last thing I will mention before we close things out, um, for those of you who opted in for your CONCACAF Champions League game, keep an eye out on that checking account because, well, we got another game to play. So that means. 
money is going to come out of your accounts. So keep an eye on that. Not entirely sure when that money comes out. Could be tomorrow. Could be the day after. I don't know. But just keep a heads up that some more money is going to be going towards LAFC tickets. And I would say that is a worthy and amazing investment because I'll say I left today feeling jovial. I'm riding high on cloud nine. Feels really good to be an LAFC supporter right now and embrace it. Enjoy it. Um, Yeah, these are good times. That's I'm just I'm thrilled. I love it. And you know how we like to end every single one of our episodes, including episode 245. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.